0: listening to
1: no names all game ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another edition of no names all game today is tuesday november 29th and your nittany lines are 10 and 2 on the regular season after a 35 16 win over the michigan state fartens a great way to cap the year finish 10 and 2, put us in a position for a new year's six bowl. we got to be feeling good my name is chris hankin joined as always by my co-host pat Calicchio. pat the year is over. Feels like we just started. How are you feel?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the the feeling that Penn and Penn State fans should come out of this season with. Uh, is, do we want to talk about this game or the season as a whole? How we feel?
1: Let's, let give, give me the whole give me the whole whole thing for now. All right,
0: and you, know, you we've seen. I I think like just the a broad spectrum of feelings. Uh of this season on Twitter from Penn state fans from completely unreasonable. to probably a little too happy with what happened. I think personally, the way I I come out of the season feeling is like the way I feel right before Thanksgiving dinner, happy, but hungry. Ah, I'm happy where we are. I'm happy. We've made it here, but I am hungry for more. I do want more. And I expect a little something.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that. That was uh that was my tweet a couple of weeks ago saying, like, yeah, you know, you can be happy at 10 and 2 and I want more. Of course I'm happy. Like I had people DMing me, be like, you can still be happy, man. Like you don't have to be like so mad about it. I was like, I'm not mad. I just want more. So like of course I'm happy with 10 and two. I'm happy with the way that Drew Aller got some snaps. Would I have liked him to get more? Sure. But he got some he got some playing time, he got some experience, and Clifford won us some games. So cannot not be upset about it. Uh, the regular season is over. We are uh, you know, heading into conference championship week. And right now it is 6.36 p.m. Eastern uh, on Tuesday, which means the new rankings are coming out in just under a half hour. So we will be giving you a live reaction on this episode. Uh, we'll, we'll do a little bit of our predictions right now, and then I will uh, splice in the reactions once they come out. So let's start there with the rankings. We had a lot to talk about in this episode, a lot of news happening over the last day or two and then of course we'll do a full uh recap of the michigan state game itself let's start with the the rankings last week you called it we were going to stay at 11 i thought we were going to jump up to 10 this week a lot happens we see three teams ahead of us lose lsu goes down clemson goes down and oregon goes down what do you expect to happen in the rankings overall let you know what let's start there let's let's start with the top right is there a debate for number 1? Let's start there.
0: I th- I don't think it is a debate. I think it's Michigan. I don't understand yeah. how it's not Michigan. They're yeah. both undefeated. Michigan clearly has the two has the highest quality win by a wide margin in terms of both ranking and margin of victory. Yeah. Um and they have pretty equivalent second best wins, I would say. With maybe um I think Michigan ended up with a higher margin of victory against Penn State than Georgia did against Tennessee, but they were both Correct. for sure dominant victories.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what it comes down to, right? Michigan ends up with two top 10 wins, uh, Ohio State probably being in the top five still. Uh, and then, you know, Georgia has Tennessee, really. So so I agree. I think this will be interesting, though, because this is one of those things that in years past, definitely back in the BCS days, but even in the early days, of the playoffs, it's like if you start out number one and you don't lose, normally you don't drop. Like, we don't see yeah. that happen all the time. Um, but I think it's it's funny. You hear people saying, like, hot take. I think Michigan should be number one. I don't think it's a hot take. <laughs> like, I think everyone kind of agrees. We're just waiting to see well, if apparently not. we will pull that trigger.
0: I and mean, did you see the AP? Michigan only got, like, a couple first-place
1: votes. Yeah. It's hard for me to, like, respect the AP anymore. Like, Well, you, we, you shouldn't. We,
0: There's, it's nonsense. Yeah.
1: We use it in the beginning of the season because we have nothing else and we have to talk about something. But, like – I, I mean, I don't even like each week. I don't even really retweet where we are anymore. Like, I'll use it for reference sometimes, but like, it doesn't really matter that much to me. So, I think Michigan should be number one. It'll be interesting to see if the committee actually does. It. So, let's go through there. So, we got Michigan one, Georgia two, TCU three. We're in agreement there.
0: Um. Yeah. Are you talking about what I think it will be or what I think it yeah. should be?
1: Yeah, uh, both. Yes. I think I think that should be. I think I think that's what it will be, and I think that's what it should be. Yeah, three undefeated th- teams.
0: Yeah, I I think Georgia will be one, but I flip flop. It should be Michigan.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, with Ohio State losing, I think USC jumps into that four spot. Where are you at number four?
0: I think they will as well. Um, I've heard arguments for Ohio State should be above USC. There's merit to it. Yeah. um, Ohio State has the better win in us. Um, They have, you know, USC's second best win is identical. Uh, USC's best win is. Identical to Ohio State's second best. Mm. Um, I think USC has more top 25 wins, though. With I want to say wins over... Did did they play Washington? No, but they have a win over Oregon State and UCLA. um, And Notre Dame. So they've got one extra top 25 win. And I would say... They're close enough that I would give USC the edge with the extra top twenty-five win, and they're lost to a obviously a fairly fairly inferior team, but not in you know as embarrassing fashion as Ohio State's.
1: Right, right, and I and I think with with this one, even if Ohio State stays at four, USC then has a chance to win the Pac twelve, and you know they would get in if they do, that, they would jump. via that. Yeah. 100%. So I, I think, I think it doesn't matter too much what happens tonight in four or five, but I think it's obviously USC and Ohio state in some fashion. Uh, and then we get into the thick of it, man. This was, this was the conversation we had last week. You get into now, you know, you get into these, these couple of teams that are 10 and two records are not or, or resumes rather are not all that different. Uh, but we have Bama Tennessee and us filling out six, seven, eight. Would you agree with that?
0: Um, I actually, so I, I tweeted out what, if you did a rankings purely based off of resume that I, I, that's not what I have. Okay. Uh, what do you got? Uh, so I've got Tennessee. Let me, uh-huh. let me, I want to pull up the exact tweet. Yeah. You, and pe- people might get mad at me for this actually, because my mine's, I've got, uh, Tennessee, uh-huh. Alabama,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then Washington.
1: You have Washington ahead of us.
0: Yeah, they have multiple top twenty-five wins. They have the exact same record. They play in the Power Five conference.
1: Okay, who are their who are their losses to?
0: Um, they have losses to I uh, want Arizona State, which is really bad, and a ranked really in LA. Yeah, so they they have one really bad loss. But I I maintain that quality wins are more important than quality losses. It's it's the argument I make for the Big Ten every season until this year as to why the why the SEC is overrated. And I'm sticking with that. It's not just a convenient argument for the Big Ten.
1: (laughs) You are a better man than me, because I will sit here and say, listen, we only we won the games that were on our schedule that we were supposed to win. We had an average winning margin margin of victory of 25 points. We took care of business. It is not our fault that the teams we played are not ranked in the top 25. Not our fault. They're on our schedule. They're in our division. They're in our conference can't control that. Again, I understand your I understand your argument, understand what you're saying. Uh, but I think for me, that puts us at the lowest eight. I think Bama, Tennessee are six and seven. I think it probably goes that way. I think Bama is six, Tennessee is seven, and we're at eight. I would be shocked if we're nine. I really don't see Washington. I would be too. Us.
0: Washington's not going to jump us. They were already in front of us with this exact I mean already behind us with this exact resume right so they're it's not like they got a marquee win last week and they beat a, who at the time was a 25th ranked Washington State who will now be unranked
1: yeah yeah exactly so all right so I think we're both pretty in agreement in agreement there then like eight should be our floor if they want to get crazy I mean yes Tennessee lost Hen and Hooker they you know and they were playing fucking Vanderbilt and they dominated them so like I was hoping that was going to be like a really close game and maybe they would let us jump Tennessee um i don't there again there's no reason like we 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 took care of michigan state but there were some there's some moments in there where it was a little close um there's no reason really for them to change their mind on that after this week so yeah, i think and,
0: and i maintain tennessee it's absurd that tennessee is ranked below alabama it's absurd agreed makes no there's no justification for it it's outrageous like i if if I was going to point to one reason why the college football playoff committee should be disbanded, disbanded, I'm pointing at that exact thing. It's so stupid.
1: There's exactly. no good rationale for it. Especially with Ole Miss getting beat up this week. Uh, that was one of Bama's good wins. What do you say now, Bama fans? Your best win is Texas? Like, yeah, they're ranked, but Tennessee beat you head to head.
0: I mean Come on. Alabama and Tennessee have three common opponents. Each other. Mm-hmm. And LSU. And Tennessee went 3-0 in those games. And Alabama
1: went one and two. Yeah. Yeah. Including yes. I head mean, to head. Yeah. Listen, listen, committee, if you if you have some balls, put Penn State at six, Bama and Tennessee at seven and eight. That's right. However, right. however you see fit.
0: <laughs> oh, so the, the idea of dropping someone in a ranking because a players hurt is. Ridiculous. It, it should be based solely on resume, unless your resume is so identical that you can't distinguish
1: it. Yeah, I agree. It's just, you know, it's one of those things that we're going to talk about because, you know, as a, as a spurned uh, Penn State fan, I'm going to feel like, oh, if that happened to us and we lost one of our best players, they would hold it against us. Maybe, Probably but it doesn't but
0: work that way in any other sport.
1: Sure, sure. No, that's fair all right so i think we're both in agreement here um we won't waste too much time but uh like i said we will splice in the live reactions that's happening in about 15 minutes uh so you'll hear that shortly
0: south carolina Roger. all the way up to 19. wow good for them washington's at 12. utah oh, at 11. i mean they have a better record that's ridiculous they have a better record right, than ladies, utah.
1: ladies and gentlemen we are reacting live right now south carolina up to 19 uh pat is very surprised at washington at 12. they have a
0: better record than utah
1: Uh, does utah have better wins
0: i don't know then well they they beat usc uh where'd lsu end up
1: 14 oh my god that's
0: a huge (laughs) drop they deserve it
1: that's a mess a
0: fucking stinks
1: yeah oh this is all going in the episode i hope you know so this is this is you're getting live reactions people
0: i accidentally put lsu in my top 10 forgetting that they had just lost to
1: yeah, come on. I right. put
0: them at ten. That was that was wrong.
1: That was very wrong. Um, all right, give me the top ten. Come on. I'm saying eight for us. I think I think it's eight. I I I cannot imagine it not being eight.
0: Been quietly pretty good. Number this year.
1: ten, Kansas State. Wow. Okay. That's interesting.
0: Well, at least we know we're in the top ten.
1: I better not see us at nine. No chance.
0: I'd be surprised.
1: Well, who else? If Kansas State is ten, who else is left? If Kansas State is ten,
0: and is Washington Clemson, is where tower behind
1: us. Where did Clemson get ranked yet? Or are they going to be nine? No,
0: they're not. So it's so they, Clemson, Clemson
1: has to be nine. Clemson has to be nine. We'll be. Well, eight. Do
0: they? They have top twenty-five wins, and we don't,
1: man. They got ugly losses, man.
0: Nine, hey. Clemson. Boom, hey. boom. Take that. I love that. I mean, eight has to be a New Year's Six bowl. Has to be.
1: Has to be. Um, let's let's round out these this. Six seven eight range and then we'll talk about the implications. I'm just constantly refreshing Twitter right now. You can just watch it on the ESPN app, you know. Yeah, I could, but (laughs) it's not the world, it's not the world I live in, Pat. It's not the world I live
0: in. Yeah, they're really making a meal out of these top 10 ones.
1: Uh, people are reporting that it's eight, eight
0: up three spots,
1: Penn State number eight in the college football playoff oh. rankings started the baby. year started the year unranked a top 10 finish gotta love that I, yeah i feel good about it i feel
0: good about well, it well so, hold on do you do you consider this to be the last ranking of the year
1: no there's one more after after uh championship week but do you think there's, anything
0: there's two more
1: <laughs> is there
0: well the ap does a final ranking
1: Fuck the AP. We're, yeah, we're, talking right. about, we're talking about college football plan. There's one more after championship. We, yeah, you're right. Unless the spoiler makers take down Michigan. Uh, I don't think LSU has a chance against Georgia. Even if USC loses. Uh, ah, if USC I think if USC lose,
0: loses, actually Ohio State should be in.
1: Oh, 100%. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but I'm saying, would that mean anything for us in our spot? I don't know. USC might still be ahead of us. It would mean
0: that we go to the Rose Bowl.
1: You're damn right it would. Yeah. Um, but I, as far as like rankings wise, I would still expect us to probably sit at eight. I think they would drop USC from like four to six or yeah, something. Six, yeah. Um, all right. So let's, let's talk about the implications that we are number eight. Uh, you kind of just said it. The, the bowls that we're looking at now, I think we are a hundred percent locked into a new year six. It's happening. Um, if Michigan, let's say Michigan wins the big 10 championship, as we expect them to do, they're playing, the seven and five Purdue Boilermakers. Although Purdue has a history to upset, let's say Michigan wins the big 10 championship. And let's say somehow Ohio state sneaks in either USC loses, TCU loses in their championship game. Something happens where Ohio state sneaks in. We then go to the Rose Bowl. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So I I would actually argue that if TCU loses, they should stay in. I don't think you should get punished that much. You know, like you went undefeated all year and then lost in the conference championship. Yeah, they still have the same record as Ohio State. Um, that's essentially getting punished for playing one extra game. More so than um USC who would then have a worse record than Ohio State, lose to the same team twice, you know what I mean? Right. Um but I mean, yeah, there we're I I would say we're looking at either Orange Bowl
1: Cotton Bowl, Citrus Bowl, or Rose Bowl? I, I think I don't even think Citrus is in play. I think we're above that uh because it aren't orange and cotton above Citrus. Yes. So I think I think it's 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 Rose Bowl if Ohio State gets in the playoff. If Ohio State mm-hmm. is out of the playoff, they go to the Rose, and then we go to Orange or Cotton. It's I think it's as simple as that.
0: Yeah, I mean, selfishly, I'm very much. Alabama at
1: six. Yeah, like people who 7, were there were, were people on
0: Twitter arguing that Alabama should be in the college football playoff.
1: <laughs> I I'm not even gonna entertain that right now. Um, Ooh, obviously, most ridiculous obviously,
0: thing I've ever heard.
1: Obviously, you are hoping for the Rose Bowl because you live in LA. Um, I'm hoping for Rose Bowl just because it's the damn rose bowl. It's the granddaddy oh, of yeah, them all. Baby. It's the granddaddy of them all. Um, otherwise, do you have a preference in orange or cotton?
0: Um, I'd say Orange, because Cotton's going to be, what, a group of five?
1: Ah, uh, Yeah, we played, what, Memphis when we were there a couple years ago?
0: Ohio State in at five, so yeah, USC's in.
1: Yeah, which we expected.
0: Yeah, but yeah, you never know. Um, yeah, I think I'd prefer Orange Bowl. I think we would play Clemson, right? Be fun. Or, or I guess technically the, the winner of the ACC championship. So yeah, probably I, I, Clemson, but not for sure.
1: We probably should have looked at all the like the the tie-ins to the games before doing this recap. I, b- I believe understand. it's
0: the the winner of the ACC championship and an invitational.
1: Okay, got it. Um, honestly, I'm happy with any of them at this point. I want the Rose, obviously, um, but if we can't get that, I'm pretty happy with either New Year's Six Bowl. Gotta gotta love it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't care a lot either way. Um, I think we'd have a much greater chance of winning the Cotton Bowl because I don't think we'd play anyone that great. We'd probably right. play Tulane, I would guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, they've had a, I mean, been they're, a good not year, no,
0: they're not bad. No, not bad at all. Year. I think they'd be pretty similar to Memphis. Um, but with, with a uh, with with a pretty banged up lineup, I think there's no uh, boo Georgia gets one cowards. Ah, oh, cowards. Um, but with a, a pretty banged up lineup, uh, Clemson would be a tough matchup. Man
1: yeah yeah so uh ladies and gentlemen that was live reaction to the rankings uh we will we will see how it all plays out after championship weekend and uh we'll start planning those bowl trips uh if you've never been to a bowl highly recommend it. it's a lot of fun i have not all right so you just heard our live reactions i don't know what they are yet because we're filming this out of order but you just heard them hopefully we're eight hopefully we're higher we'll see outrageous Uh, we we got outrageous blasphemous erroneous on all accounts um we do have a lot to talk about. Uh like I said, we will give you a full Michigan State recap here in a minute, but there's a lot of a lo- lot of news in the last couple of days. The biggest being our boy starting left tackle projected first round pick Olu Fashanu has announced that he is coming back to Penn State for his 2023 season. This is massive.
0: Yeah, I mean this is huge um you know, I, I, you texted me about it and I said, I wasn't like shocked about it just because kind of the word that was going around about Olu. Um, and I, you know, I, I think it's kind of anytime someone's passing up pretty much a for sure first round draft pick. Um, and like we're, we're talking about a guy who was getting potential top five buzz. I don't think that was going to happen, but potential, I mean, that, that is, it's never not at least a little surprising. Um, But just based off of kind of what we have heard and know about Olu, I mean, he's 19 years old. Uh, Mm -hmm. That is really young to be going into the NFL already. Um, I think there's only been like one other offensive lineman drafted that young. And it was like Pene Sewell, Mm, Um, who's kind of a freak. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. And Olu hasn't finished his degree yet. And that's something his family apparently really cares about. It's very important to them. It's very important to him um and you know as a 19 year old in an NFL locker room they I think they want to make sure he is protected with a college degree
1: yeah yeah and a lot of people did talk about the education piece I missed that in in my initial tweet I said you know he's 19 he turns 20 in December but still very very young um you know wants to continue to improve on some things says he has unfinished business like you know all, all the buzzwords that you expect to happen but You know, my thing, like I said, is, is, and we've talked about this on this podcast so many times, if you are getting first round buzz, like you go, that's just, that's life changing money. And I looked up last year, just for reference, uh, the first round offensive lineman contracts ranged from $30 million, which went to Aquanu at number six overall to even number 29, who's a guard $13 million. So you imagine if Olu goes somewhere in that middle, he's a tackle. So he's going to make more looking at probably like $20 million. That's, yeah. a that's a lot of fucking money. It's a lot of fucking money. Now, you talk about NIL. Does NIL help that? Probably some. He's not I mean, getting $20 million. He's not getting $20 million. I don't he's probably not even getting a mil. I, it, I, I've, I've seen so many tweets of people estimating and saying they know what it is and they have inside information. I don't believe any of it. I don't know. You, who do you know that's telling you exactly what the money is? I have no I'd idea.
0: be surprised if he's making a million dollars in NIL.
1: I agree, but I think I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not, I I wouldn't be surprised surprised if it's not that far off. I, I high six figures. I can see, um, which, which compared to two years ago is a huge selling point to stay, right? (laughs) Like that didn't exist previously. So obviously that's massive. I mean, this just gives for a young offense to have an anchor of a left tackle protecting your starting rookie quarterback, uh, freshman quarterback, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's his first year. That gives him some presence of mind, some peace of mind to know my blind side is protected. This is Michael Orr. <laughs> you know, I am in the blind side. I am protected. Uh, and then your two stud running backs know that you know they've got another guy there that knows what he's doing that can be a leader on this line. Um, and you look at, you know, the projected offensive line lineup, you got Olu at left tackle, Tangwall at left guard, center... hopefully a
0: healthy back to form Tangwall. <laughs>
1: Correct. Uh, center kind of depends. You know, we, we're, we'll we talk about other guys that we're awaiting decisions on in a minute, but Juice Scruggs is one of them. If he comes back, that would be massive. Uh, not, if
0: not, Hunter Norzad. Hunter That's Norzad
1: said he's coming back. He slides into the center role. Uh, and then on the right side, you got Sal Wormley, who played a, a pretty very solid right guard this year. Um, and the right tackle becomes interesting because, you know, we we saw efner slide in with Caden Wallace having his own struggles and his injury issues and you know, kind of a lot going on there. Um, Drew Shelton Kayden kind of came on. Yeah, yeah. You know, he did. He did. I'm not taking anything away from him, but Drew Shelton stepped into the left tackle role pretty damn well for Olu this year. That's a guy that could probably slide to right and play. Um, so you'll probably have some competition on that right side with, you know, three to four guys for two spots. Not a bad thing to have on the all-high.
0: No, not at all. And um, there's going to be also... You know, aside from the guys you mentioned, there's going to be guys legitimately fighting, uh, you know, the guys who are good depth pieces who are, who are gonna be fighting for starting spots, like a Vega Ione, um, yes. a JB Nelson. Um, it, you know, it might be a little, um, overly optimistic to think maybe even an a- Alex Birchmeyer, who is considered yeah. to be a very college ready prospect, coming or out, Jaden
1: Williams, five star, yeah. Um, but
0: I think the word on him is he's, he's a little bit raw. He's got all sure. the physical tools, but he uh, doesn't really come from as much of a pass blocking scheme. You know, he comes from a public school in Pennsylvania. They're not yeah. doing as much like complex pass blocking and stuff like that.
1: Right, right. So Birchmeyer maybe is a little further along there. Um, yeah. All that's in all, that's though, the word at least. For 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 what has been, you know, a, a thorn in our side for many, many years, it is on paper looking like there is some good – Good starting talent on the offensive line with more than capable backups. Um, That is going to be really fun to watch going into 2023. And Olu coming back is just, you know, the cherry on top. It really is.
0: Yeah. I I think it really can't be overstated how important this is for this team next year. Um, To have not only just an absolute stud on that line, but like the chain reaction of depth and competition that it creates on that line. Uh, yeah. And do you think this, this decision has got anything to do with the injury?
1: It's possible, right? He missed, he missed a handful of games at the end of the year. Like we don't know how many, four. The, I, I thought it was three, but it might be four. Um, it's, it's, we don't know what the injury is. Franklin doesn't really disclose that right. Unless it's season ending and they kind of hoped they were going to get him back. Um, So we don't know what it is we don't know if it's something that's lingering that you know takes time to rehab or if it's something they're waiting for more opinions on um it definitely could play because obviously you know when you're that kind of athlete of you know a very talented physical tools left tackle that young they're going to want to see how you test they're going to want to see how you do in the combine and if you're not fully ready to do all of that then yeah that plays into it as well but i think he comes back he plays as well or better than he did this year, which, you know, we would expect him to do. That sort of cements that top 10 kind of stuff, right? You see every year these, the best O tackles go in the top 10, multiple, right? Last year was Ikki Evan Neal, and Charles Cross all went top 10. Um, I, th- I think this is, I, obviously, selfishly, I think it's a great move, but like, this is one of those where And we'll talk about some of these other guys in a minute, like where we say, ah, we wish we had him for one more year because we think, you know, he could have jumped from a fifth rounder to a third rounder, or or we think it would have given him a little bit more growth. I mean, who's a first rounder already? Like he can only go up into like top 10 and that's just, I don't know. It's, it's awesome to see. And a lot of people talked about how, you know, it speaks to the culture that Franklin's built and, you know, the willingness to want to play for that team and be in that locker room. And it just makes me smile, man. It really does. And uh, so by, let's talk- by the way, let,
0: let's be clear that this was not a Penn State decision to to keep him. The, you know they they have their process where they they lay it out for you. They go, hey, you know, this is what this is what teams are saying about you. This is the buzz around you. And from what I've heard, they told him to go. Oh, really?
1: I didn't read and that. It was, it was,
0: and it was it was a Fashanu family decision to stay. It was him and his family decided to, awesome. to stay at Penn state. So it's all the right reasons. It is not pressure from the coaching staff. Um, you know, I, they, you gotta, you gotta love this kid for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the Fashani family, placing, placing value on education, taking care of yourself, doing things the right way. We, we love to see it and we welcome him back with open arms. Everything um,
0: that Penn state fans
1: love about Penn state is what this kid exemplifies. Yep. Absolutely. So Uh, We are waiting decisions from a handful of others. I was going through the list today. I have four that I think uh, are kind of on the fringe. Like Joey Porter Jr., I believe, is going. Would shock shock me. Shock me. If he came back, he has no reason to come back. He will be gone. Uh, The ones that I think we're waiting on, number one, we've talked about him already, Parker Washington. Uh, Having the injury that ended his year, I think that leans to him coming back. I think he's probably a mid-round, late-round guy as is. And then the injury adds to that. Would you agree?
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm, you know, rating out of 10 likeliness to go, I've only got him at like a three or a four. Yeah. Yeah. I like you know, that. Injured. He didn't put up a monster year. Mm-hmm. Um, he only had, I think, like two touchdowns.
1: Uh, correct. I mean, he was our leading receiver in terms of yards. In yards. Um, yeah. and
0: receptions. Sure. But like again neither neither one of those were like jaw-dropping stats i mean right you're looking at at best a fourth round pick i'd say
1: agreed and i think i think coming back you know having another year fully healthy with drew who you know hopefully can throw the deep ball a little better than what we saw this past couple of years giving parker an opportunity uh to showcase some of his skills i think i think he comes back easily
0: yeah and I, by the nature of whatever his injury is it seems like he probably wouldn't even be able to I, even if he would be able to test at the combine, he'd never be able to prep right in right. time yeah. to it, test well.
1: Yeah, you know when when they announced that he's out for the season. Obviously, that means it's something a little bit more serious. They knew it's going to take time. Whether that means surgery, rehab, we don't know. Um, but I think I think we're in agreement there. He's coming back. Uh, next one is Juice Scruggs. So this one um, for me is is kind of fifty fifty. Um, he he has had just an incredible story. I mean, comes on as, you know, a a highly touted recruit, uh, gets into a car accident in in his freshman year, sophomore year. I I don't remember exactly when it was. Um, Sustains some really serious injuries, uh, works his way back. Getting back on the field was impressive and then becomes like a very, very good center, like above average center, uh, you know, a, a, a I'm trying to find the word, but like a a stalwart of our offensive line. Mm -hmm. Um, And and he's in his, what, fifth year with COVID, I believe? Yeah,
0: I think he's got the extra COVID year left.
1: Yeah, so that's where I'm like 50-50 of like, this kid's been through a lot. If he has a chance to go to the NFL and thinks he's a mid-round pick, like – Do you really want to put your body through another grueling season of of college football or do you want to take your chance and and try your best at at fulfilling that dream uh where do you land on juice yeah
0: i i you know if we're working on the same scale i'd go like six or seven out of ten that he goes uh because he is good enough to get drafted i think for sure um but i don't think there's a lot for him to improve in coming back because you know he's not a physical freak uh you know, he's not one of like, you know, Olu's a very impressive athlete for an offensive lineman. Drew Scruggs is a good athlete, but he's not a guy who NFL scouts are drooling over his athleticism. He's a skilled player. He's a good mm-hmm. center. And the other thing is center is not a super premium position. It's not offensive tackle. Uh, yeah, I think only one center got picked in the first round last year. And Linderbaum Tyler was like Linderbaum. an absolute stud, yeah. like kind yeah. of a, you know, I wouldn't quite say generational, but like a,
1: a guy he's, that he's is up like, there.
0: Yeah, that you know about coming out as a center. Yeah. Um so I it, it's not like he can come back, have a good year, and get drafted in the first round in any likelihood. So I would say most likely gone.
1: Yeah, I agree. With it with center, there's typically like one guy a year, if that that you know of in the first round, it was Linderbaum last year, uh Creed Humphrey a couple years ago. Like they're far and few between. You know, they, like I said, I was I was listing out that that list of O linemen and their salaries, like. Mostly tackles a couple of cards sprinkled in. Um, all right, next one, uh, Curtis Jacobs, linebacker, had a very solid year, is a, I don't know if I'd say freak athlete, but he's a damn good athlete. Um, I am very torn on this one. Uh, what do you think about Curtis Jacobs? Yeah, I, I put
0: him in kind of the same territory as Scruggs. I'd say a six out of 10, maybe leaning towards a seven. Just because he definitely does have the athleticism to the point where teams are going to, they're going to draft him. He's not going to go undrafted. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, he hasn't, he's not not a guy with first or I would say even second round kind of buzz right now. Um, And if he comes back and actually does have a really big year, he could certainly get into that at least, I would say that second round discussion which is yeah, a lot I, of a lot of difference in money i think right now you're looking more third to fifth
1: i agree and i think this, this is a conversation i've had in a lot of my different uh group chats with various different friends and a lot of people brought up the same comparison this feels like brandon smith 2.0 brandon smith last year we thought come back one more year you could be a first second rounder obviously the athleticism the freak the hard hitting We kind of saw the writing on the wall, and he went. He ends up being a fourth-round pick to the Carolina Panthers. He's done okay this year, and maybe that's stretching it. He's played in like four or five games, his seven tackles on the season. Like, he's not really making an impact. Now, that's not to say he won't have a great career, right? He can go on and do amazing things. But on the other side, imagine he came back, and we're looking at a linebacking core of Brandon Smith's, this year's version of Curtis Jacobs, Abdul Carter's emerging, Kobe King, like that, I mean, that just the talent around you elevates each other. So like, I, again, selfishly, I I want them all to come back. But like, for me, seeing a full year of Curtis Jacobs with Abdul Carter and the other emerging linebackers, like, I feel like he can just really cement himself in that next territory, that next tier, like you mentioned, I think getting into that second round is, is, is just so much better in terms of like, The trajectory of your career like we've seen so many guys that go early go in the fourth or fifth round and then kind of filter out after a couple years don't get to that second contract Uh, i hope brandon smith does i hope everyone does but i think i think personally i think it would really benefit curtis Jacob to come back for one more year
0: yeah um it is betting on himself a little bit to come back too though because he has to have a big year of course He, he he even if he just has the same year that could actually hurt his draft stock because sure, you're you getting I another year progress. at the same position, and you didn't see anything any big leap. It yeah, wouldn't hurt it fair. a lot, but it could go from a third round to a fifth round.
1: Yeah, or or if there's some guy who emerges next year, that guy could just jump him, right? Like, yeah, I, I get that. Um, I
0: think he leaves, but I do I'm too. not. I'm not really surprised if he comes back. You know?
1: Yeah, I do too. I I will be super happy if he comes back. That's when I, I would I would be surprised if he came back, and I would be very very happy. Um, and then the last one I have on this list, uh, and then time travel alert, uh, rankings are about to drop. Um, last one I have this list, Brenton Strange. Um, had a damn good year. Uh, I believe he has one more year of eligibility as well. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't have a read on this. Like, tight end room is 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 fairly crowded, right? You got Theo Johnson, you got Tyler Warren, you got Jerry Cross uh, from, from the freshman class. Um, I think Brenton cemented himself kind of as tight end one, but you know, we saw Theo come on towards the end of the year. We saw Tyler Warren get involved in different types of packages. So um, this is one where I think, do you say, you know, I, I I had my good enough year where I showed teams what I'm capable of, right. The stats aren't going to pop maybe as some of the other tight ends in this class, because they are the guy on their team. And he's, you know, one of three Um, if, if I'm betting, I think he probably goes. And I think he's probably a mid-round pick. He showed he can be a great pass catcher. He showed he can block. I, I think he goes, and, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be super mad about it.
0: Yeah, like if if Curtis Jacobs is like a six, lead, maybe leaning into a seven out of ten, I I put Brent Strage at like a five, maybe leaning into a six. Um, yeah, okay. Because he, he doesn't have those eye-popping stats that are going to get him an early round pick. Um, but he definitely has the athleticism and ability. Uh, He's pretty well-rounded. He can block well enough to be a guy who actually plays, you know, gets a lot of snaps in the NFL. Um, I think the big thing working against him coming back is, like, he most likely isn't going to put up the eye-popping stats next year either because he's still going to be splitting time with two other guys who are only going to be getting better. Um, And despite not having a ton of yards, I mean, he caught, like, seven touchdowns, which is a lot for a college tight end.
1: Yeah, I, th- I don't know if he had quite that many. I think mean, he had a five, maybe. Um, either way, either way, he he had a very good year. I, I think this was, you know, after after last season where we didn't really see the numbers we won from our tight end group. The whole group elevated themselves this season. Um, and I think I think in the same vein of like, you know, could Curtis have a better year? Would he have the same year? Like, I I don't know You're if right, I see by Brenton, five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. I don't know if I see Brenton having like a significantly better year if he comes back. I would love to have him. He's a re- very reliable target. It would be great to have him. I don't really see it happening.
0: Yeah, it's just, eh, maybe.
1: Yeah. Uh, are there any other guys that that I missed that are, like, on the fence? Uh, I think everyone else is either out of eligibility uh, or, like, well, definitely technically definitely
0: Johnny back. Dixon could go.
1: Interesting. Um,
0: I'd put I him don't... at, like, a, a 3 or 4 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I'd probably go even longer. I think I'd like it too. Um, um because
0: I mean just, he he had a solid year. Um and th- there's always gonna be a surprise. There's always there's always yeah. a guy who goes are who like, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, he, he did come on towards the end of the year, um, stepping in for Joey Porter Jr. Played really, really well. Um, I just think like he could be a starter next year, right? It could be him and Kalen King, right? Like, yes, there's a bunch of other guys on that team, but like he could cement himself in and I I I've said that probably six times on this episode. I apologize to everyone listening. I say the same shit over and over again. He could cement himself in that next tier of rounds. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, um, those he, are the guys that are gonna at, be keeping at a our late eyes round on right now. Like
0: yeah. a topping out at fifth.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um I have notifications on for all of those guys on Twitter. I will be keeping my eye on. We will share the news as soon as we get them. Um all right. On to the next topic. All right, next up, uh transfer portal. It is transfer portal season. Uh there has been an expected exodus all across the country. Uh particularly Texas A&M. We'll talk about uh one player from there in a minute. Um hilarious uh people Texas A&M players were liking a tweet that said uh Texas A&M players really got the bag and then said, all right, I'm going to go where I really want to go. (laughs) So that was pretty funny. Uh, But you're seeing a lot of schools, a lot of quarterbacks getting in the portal, uh, and that leads us to one of our own, our first, our only in the portal so far that I've seen, uh, Christian Veyu, quarterback, uh, Canadian quarterback. Um, It hurts, man. It it hurts because I liked him. I think he's a good kid. He gave us that Rutgers game memory that was just an electric performance. Um, granted it, or it, it, it birthed one of the greatest photos I've ever seen where he's like jumping in the air, giving the peace sign to the defender. Uh, fantastic. Um, but it's, it, it's pretty expected, right? Drew is, is the heir apparent. Um, Christian doesn't want to back up. He wants the chance to start. So he is taking his talents elsewhere. Um, thoughts on Christian Bayou.
0: Yeah, I mean, not surprising, and it's one of those things that like it might not affect the team at all um, in terms of performance, but it also might. Man, I mean, not having a backup quarterback with any experience is
1: scary. We saw it happen.
0: Wasn't
1: yeah, and fun. not even, not even not having a backup with no experience. I mean, he's he's more of a veteran guy on the team, right? Cliff leaves, having someone that Drew can like ask questions to, someone who's been around a, a lot little of bit youth longer. In that room now. That's, that's valuable. So this, this is, this is, I think a bigger loss than we'll expect. Um, but that I leaves.
0: Mean, are Drew and Bo going to be now be the oldest quarterbacks in the room as true sophomores?
1: Correct. So as, as scholarship, scholarship quarterbacks that will leave Drew Aller, Bo Pribula, Pribula, I still don't know how to say his last name and Jackson Smolak, who is coming in as a, as a freshman, I believe he's enrolling early. So he will be in in January, um, but that leaves those three. So uh, we have a question, uh, we have a Twitter question from John Clark, shout out John Clark, said who do you think is QB2, Bo or Smolick Too early to say. <laughs> way too, I mean, it, it's, it's Bo because he has an extra year and he should be further ahead. Who knows? Who knows, right? You never know what's going to happen until they get on campus. Um, both these guys ranked very similar coming in. Uh, Drew, Drew, or I'm sorry, not Drew, Bo slightly higher than Jackson, Uh, both three stars. Uh, Jackson Smiley is like an 87, Uh, Bo was like an 88, Uh, but they're both in like the 20 to 30 range in quarterback rankings of their respective class. So I don't know. I would say Bo just because he has a full extra year of experience, but I think the bigger storyline here is you got to go get a quarterback in the board. You have to get someone who has playing experience who is probably a little bit more comfortable being a backup, you know, someone who, who maybe knows they don't have an NFL future, but wants to play on a better team. Once they get some, you know, real big 10 power five experience, maybe someone from a lesser conference that, you know, is just is looking to experience that before their playing days are over and they head into, you know, the real world or the coaching world or the broadcast world or whatever it is. Um, I think that becomes a necessity
0: yeah there's i don't think there's a lot of those guys <laughs> available though quarterbacks who are looking to come in to be depth pieces i think are very few and far between
1: true yeah yeah i'm not I'm not saying you're going to find like a you know a, a needle in the haystack or a gem rather um but i think there's there's someone out there with playing experience who would like to be part of the penn state family, who would like to be part of the penn state brand right like just having that experience over say a group of five or, you know, a lesser school, if, if if it's even, right? If they're a backup somewhere and they're going to be a backup of Penn State instead, I think maybe someone makes that jump. Um, but yeah, our, our quarterback room, as far as scholarship quarterbacks, is true sophomores, Drew and Bo, true freshman, Jackson Smolick. It's a little scary.
0: Yeah, this also kind of eliminates the possibility of red-shirting Bo and giving him an extra year
1: yeah you have to he has to be ready to be qb2 in case anything happens knocked on wood um yeah and that and that that i mean that goes into how you approach the off season too right like you have to make sure he's getting enough reps to be comfortable with qb2 but you've also got your star of the future that while he got a lot of reps this year you you need to get him into superstar territory as soon as you can. So it's, it's a delicate balance that, you know, Franklin, your and and that offensive staff are going to have their hands full with. Absolutely. Uh, But the transfer portal uh, taketh, it also giveth. There are many familiar faces in the transfer portal, former Penn State commits, former Penn State targets. Two of the biggest ones, Dante Thornton, wide receiver, who was our first commit uh, back in, I don't know, three years ago. So I think it was 2021. Uh, he was our first commit, ended up flipping to Oregon. Uh, he's been there for two years. Um, not a ton of stats. Uh, Productive, but not overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Three touchdowns, a couple hundred yards, a couple of nice flashy plays. Um, this is just one of those, like, come on home, brother. Like, it, it was meant to be, come on home, let's do this thing right. For some reason in my head, since he was a prospect, I had in my head like he was a smaller slot guy. He's six foot five, two hundred pounds. He's fast I did, too. I did not know this. He's a big, fast receiver. Could you imagine having a big target like that for Drew to just throw bombs to? Pair yeah, I mean, with Parker Washington and Keandre Lambert Smith. I,
0: I think he's very much what the the team is missing in terms of a stretch the field. Yeah, receiver.
1: Yeah, because you look at the receivers next year. And I think people a lot of people on Twitter talk about this too. How you know you want to add a receiver to uh to this room via transfer portal. We have a lot of talent, right? You got probably Parker coming back, you got Keandre Lambert Smith, um, you know, you've got uh Trey Wallace, you've got Omari Evans, you've got Caden Saunders, you've got Liam Clifford, you've got a lot of these guys who have gotten experience this year. Um, but do you have that over the top game changer? Maybe. Right. Maybe one of those guys becomes that. Is Dante Thornton that? I don't know. But if you have a chance to add someone who could be, you take it. Um and that's not a knock on any of our receivers. That's just this is the game now. You you he's have got to a different add, skill either.
0: set than the guys we have yeah. in the room.
1: And he's got a different build. I mean, that's just that's the truth. We don't have a six foot five receiver on the team. So you take the chance. Um, and then the other one, familiar face, Elijah Judy, um, uh defensive edge rusher, I think, maybe D-tackle now. Um, from the Philly area was a big time Penn state prospect back in the day. Uh, ended up going to Texas A&M. He is in the portal now too. So that's one to keep an eye on.
0: Also another, um, Texas A&M possible get in the portal. I believe defensive end brother of Daniel Harris, who just yes. opened his commitment from Georgia. His brother has entered the portal from Texas A&M. Oh. So, family family package bring them both baby we'll see and i believe he was a penn state target as well
1: yeah yeah that good catch i forgot about that one
0: um, um also saw i forget his name but a offensive tackle from boston college
1: love that trout Over line. with uh, phil,
0: phil trout wine like six six three hundred pounds
1: i'll always take that yeah always Um, so yeah, not, not a ton to, to dig into here yet. The portal just opened recently, but, uh, it is portal season. This is, you know, this is college football. This is how it works now. So keep your eyes on that. Um, I would expect we'll have a couple more that, that leave Penn state. I don't really want to speculate on who, like it's not important to me. Um, but I, what do you think we're going to need though? I think we need a quarterback. I think you add a wide receiver if you can, and then I mean, it, it's, I think it's more so at this point, like you just take talented players if you can get them. Like, I feel good about our team overall, like maybe running back depth, like Kevon no, this, says he's yeah, coming, I think you need running back depth. Maybe, you know, Kevon says he's coming back. We'll have a freshman coming in. Um, a freshman who's
0: coming off a season ending ACL surgery.
1: Well, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think yeah. a running back uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I think for for me, it's not so much like we need to go find start plug and play guys. I think it's we need to find talented kids who can make this roster better overall and see how it develops, right? Like Mitchell Tinsley. Did we think we needed a wide receiver? Like, kinda. Like in my head, I was like, oh, we have so many talented young kids. Like, it's fine. He was a great piece, right? Yeah, we needed him. Great piece. We ended up needing him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, I I think it's those areas where like, you find kids who have talent who who want to play on a bigger stage, who want to play in the Big Ten, competing for Big Ten championships, and, and you give them a shot. Um, so I'm excited to see what I'm excited to see what the staff does because they've shown over the last couple of years, Arnold Abichetti, Johnny Dixon, Chop Robinson. Like we've had some impact guys, and I think we'll get more this year.
0: Yeah, I I think one thing, one area we do have to look at, I think a lot of fans have pointed out is defensive tackle. Um mm. you know, I I've been kind of you you watch what Michigan just did to Ohio State at the end of that game and you go, man, we got to get some big bodies in the middle there if we want to compete with that team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. PJ Mustafer is gone. I think Kaziah Izzard steps in as as probably the de facto. Great leader. game. Great game. Um, great game. I think he steps in, you know, as kind of the experienced guy in there. And then there's a handful of others that, you know we've seen we've seen play in spurts we've seen have flashes but you know you never know how they're going to pan out so yeah i could see that happening as well um all right uh you ready to get to this game uh all big 10 awards came out today i was going to talk about that a little bit i don't really care that much do you no never have never will yeah cool let's move on you can see them on twitter if you want not really crazy i'm ready to get into the game what else you got
0: i mean i i'm ready to get into the game as well
1: all right let's do it um I think we are going to have a lot of same awards this week. As I was writing them down, I was like, this sounds like a Pat award. Ooh, this sounds like a Pat award. Um, so I'm interested to see what we have. Uh, but like I said at the top of the show, Penn State wins 35-16. Uh, there were a couple of moments that had us scared, holding our breaths, giving us flashbacks of the Michigan State games of years past. Uh, but this team took care of business as they needed to to finish the season. 10-2, we will start, as always, with our Lion Award. The MVP of the game, Pat, who is your lion this week.
0: I'm going with uh Kalen King, man. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah, I thought he he had, you know, four tackles, a tackle for loss, and those are the least, you know, those are the most underwhelming stats he had. I believe he had four pass breakups and an and and an interception. A game sealing yeah. interception, man. Um you know, he was they were kind of trying to pick on him out there. And he was playing great. You know, th- those receivers were good, too. They they were guys who could just go up and make plays when they were covered. But he was all over them. Yeah, they went up and they made a few catches, but he was always in the right spot, I think other than maybe one route where he kind of slipped. He broke up quite a few passes, and I think he came in with the best PFF grade for our defensive backs. Yeah, it's seven, a 77 PFF grade, which is quite
1: good for a defensive back. Yeah, I, think he, I think he had a great game. Uh, I. Side note, I hate PFF grades. If you look at some of the ones, especially they do, they do for NFL, they make no sense. I think PFF is a great source of data, of stats, of information. I think their grading system is flawed. That being said, when it works in our favor and it shows that we did something good, of course I'm going to retweet it. Um. Yeah, Kalen King had a great game. I'm going to jump around and give out one of my uh, general awards right now because, spoiler alert, it's Kalen King. Um, I'm going to give out the passing of the torch award to Jalen King, Kalen King, Jalen King, nice mm-hmm. Kalen King, because, uh, I think he, he's, he's, he's just received... the received
0: as well as the torch.
1: Yeah, maybe <laughs> who knows? Uh, no, he is, he is receiving the torch from Joey Porter jr. As certified cornerback one for next year. I think we have a lot of talent in our defensive backfield. I think we have a lot of guys who will play well opposite of him. But I think he's had a great year all around. Uh, shocked that he was only third team uh, all Big Ten. I know I just said I wasn't going to talk about it, but shocked. Uh, and I think this is his his official like, all right, I'm here. I'm taking over. I'm CB1. Uh, shout out to the guy on Twitter who told me uh, he was not balling. I tweeted mid-game. I said, uh, Kalen's going to yeah, get I saw a that pick. Guy. Kalen's going to get a pick in the second half. He's been balling this game. And the guy responds. He goes, no, he's not. So I just said, okay. And then he got that pick. And I ran to Twitter to just be like, oh, you were saying?
0: Receipts. um,
1: uh, Only thing, shout out to that guy. He didn't delete his tweet. So take your L happy. Uh, But yeah, I thought Kalen King had a fantastic game. So figured I'd just give him his award now as well. Well
0: Well-deserved. Double award, Kalen King. Double award. Guess the double Um, award award.
1: You know, it's, 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 it's rare, but when it happens, it is deserved. Uh, My lion, I thought we were going to have a double lion. This is your, your last regular season chance to give it to him. It's going to Sean Clifford, man. It has to, I listen, I have said what I've said about Sean. I've made my feelings clear. This was the home send off that he deserved. He goes 19 of 24, which is a 79% completion, his highest this year. Third highest of his career, only 202 yards, whatever. Four touchdowns, including that last pass of his career in Beaver Stadium. Just a beautiful touchdown over the middle. Sean, thank you for everything, buddy. I'm sorry I shit on you from time to time, but I'm very happy that you got this this chance. Um, like I said, 79% completion is insane. Uh, he had 87 against Auburn at home last year and 84 against Maryland in 2019. That 59 nothing game. Um, so this is the third highest completion he's ever had uh outside of those those freshman games where he threw one pass and it was a touchdown uh and then after the game you see him having a catch with his brother liam in beaver stadium with the fans gone they're they're having a race just down the middle of the field yeah the, why am i crying in the club right now like the tears are happening man the nostalgia you get those those graduation glasses of like man i am gonna miss you a little bit so i thought it was gonna be a double line i thought you were gonna do it but uh I, I'm happy. I did. And I hope I made you proud there.
0: After being a Sean Clifford truther for, for many years, I knew it would mean more to him that you gave it to him. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to take that from you. Very uh, true. And, you know, there was a fitting send off for the most accurate quarterback in Penn state history. This is true.
1: This is true. <laughs> he does. He does finish with the highest completion percentage of any Penn state quarterback who has more than like 20 pass attempts or whatever. There's a couple mm-hmm. guys that, you know, we're not, we're not, actual quarterbacks or did not have actual stints but yeah you can't you can't take that from him so i wish him the best in his future um i think he plays the bowl game right yeah he's already said he will yeah i'm saying as far as like he starts like uh james Franklin will start him right of course yeah listen i listen i i'm not saying it i've seen people on twitter saying give drew the bowl game i don't i've I've seen a
0: lot of people on twitter say a lot of things
1: yeah very, very true so We do have one more game of Sean Clifford, but in his final Beaver Stadium game, Sean, you are my line. All right, let's move on to general awards. I've given out one already, but Pat, what is your first general award?
0: The very prestigious Stepping Stone Award.
1: Oh, okay. Stepping Stone Award. Stepping Stone. Uh, Who took a step this game? Is it Kazai Izzard?
0: He did, but But... that's not who I'm thinking of. Okay, who do you got? DeAndre Lambert-Smith, man. Mmm, okay. I mean, he was our leading receiver with five receptions, 83 yards, uh, technically two touchdowns, caught one, threw a, a dime of a touchdown. Dime! Dime! Love to see it, but most importantly, you know, he did what he hadn't done throughout his career. Uh, he was consistent throughout the game. He put up multiple receptions, and he fought for the ball. He he played a physical game. He made contested catches. He's got the speed to be a good receiver, but he he's had issues You know, forcing the issue, like being able to go up and get the ball, being able to, you know, be physical enough to get a defender off of him. And I thought he did that this game. I think he looked the best he ever has in his Penn State career. And I'm hoping it is a sign for things to come next season because they are going to need him as a deep downfield threat who can get open.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought he had a fantastic game. Uh, You remember he came in in the same recruiting class as Parker Washington. And he was actually highly more more highly ranked. You know, people kind of thought that he was going to be the breakout star early on. Parker has had a bit more success, but I think, you know, the two of them running it back for one more year together, coming in, in the same class, maybe going to the NFL together, that could be really cool to watch.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've been hearing about like look out for Kalen King like I mean for Keandre Lambert Smith, like three years now. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's not been bad by any means. He's been no, good, but but he's but he take, has not there's more take in that him. next
1: step. Take that next step. Become elite. Become a number one receiver. Become a top round guy. I agree. Um, all right, my next award, I think we've probably given this one out before. It is the Booby Miles Award.
0: Booby Miles Award. If you want to win, put Booby in. Kind of. Let Booby spin? Not
1: quite. And he can, he can run. And he can pass. It's, it's another double to, award. Yeah. It's another double award. it's goes to Keandre Lambert Smith. And he can pass. Uh, this I, I I figured you were gonna give him an award for this. So that's kind of why I said before I figured we were gonna have the same one. I thought we were double both gonna award. have Clifford. I thought we were both gonna have him. Um, yeah, you've said everything about him. I'm not gonna beat the dead horse, but I mean. That pass was just beautiful. A lot of people joking on Twitter. That's the best deep ball thrown by a Penn State player this year. Um it was just really fun to watch. So shout out, DeAndre Lambert Smith, Booby Miles Award. Um I actually do have a third one, so we can we can keep going here. What is your okay. second? What is your second uh, award? Second award? I'm going with the White Moss Award. White Moss? Oh, wow, we're going to give it to the same person. Now. God damn, is this Tyler Warren? It is Tyler Warren. <laughs> <laughs> we're going with a triple-double award. award. <laughs> yes. Well, my, my last award is the Swiss Army Knife Award. He can do it all because he recovers you know, the well. fumble, and then he goes Moss is the guy. Continue.
0: I mean, yeah, just an absolute, just over the guy. What is with our tight ends, making these catches over dude's shoulders? I'm giving a lot of credit to Sean Clifford back shouldering these these defenders who aren't looking, putting it in their ear holes. <laughs> but yeah, also, but you got to give even more credit to these these tight ends. I mean, that is an unbelievably difficult catch to make to have the coordination to reach around the guy and get your hands on the ball, and then to be able to hold on to it as he comes down on top of you, like through the ball. That's it's yeah. insane. It's a yeah very hard catch. It's so impressive. Shout out to Tyler Warren, man.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and like I said, my, mine was the Swiss Army knife. He could do it all. It was just so cool to see him recover that fumble on the special teams play. And then like two plays later, make that incredible catch. Um, it, it's just cool to see him come along because, I mean, you remember his his first year. It was like he was the gadget, like wildcat quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we used him as. And it was like, are we doing Will Levis 2.0? Where like anytime he's on the field, you know, it's just going to be a run up the middle with him. Um, he has become. A very, very good blocker uh, in those T formations that we run. He's often blowing up holes, making room for Nick and Katron. But then he comes out and shows you that he can make a catch like this. Um, it's just, it's really fun to see him emerging. We talked about earlier, If Brenton leaves. You have Theo, you have Tyler Warren, and maybe Jerry Cross coming on. Tyler Warren's got to look out for next year. Um, I'm excited to keep watching him. Shout out, Tyler Warren. We had three double awards. Wow, that's crazy.
0: i have never seen anything like it never seen anything like
1: that. <laughs> um all right what else from this game uh i have some notes uh, a couple things to talk about anything uh fresh on your mind
0: um i mean you know, it was kind of a weird one it it had that feeling i i said it before the game is like the, the key to winning this one is just not letting michigan state uh you know hang around and yeah. boy were we doing that uh, <laughs> you know it was you know, the, the first half felt dominant and then Pinniger misses the field goal at the end of the half. And then their picker who like, they haven't made any kicks all year. He drills like a 51 yarder going into the half. And all of a sudden we come out and it feels like they've got this, this momentum where even, even though we scored first coming out on, you know, after the turnover, then they, they answer right back and score a ridiculous touchdown. Uh, and then they scored another ridiculous touchdown. Yes. and you're like, "Oh my god!" Now we're now it's a five point game, and you and and it's the fourth quarter, and you're you're kind of thinking to yourself, "This this can't be the Michigan State thing we've watched for over you know, four and years, over now. Yeah.
1: and over again." Yeah, yeah. No, I felt the exact same way. Um, it's funny, my friends and I. Uh, we were watching. Obviously, we had a couple bets in on the game. Uh, I did miss the over by three points. Jake Pinniger missed two field goals. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not mad. I'm not bitter, but it happened. Um, but it was funny. We were sitting there making bets on like every drive just because we found out you could do that. And it was fun. <laughs> like Penn State touchdown, Penn State field goal. You know, you bet both of them. And then that Michigan State kicker comes up. It's like a 51. And both of my friends are like, oh, I'm going to bet on him to make it. I was like, I don't think that's a good bet. Like this kid sucks. And he throws it. Really they, they was plus money. It was like a make was like a plus 150 or something. Probably should have been higher. But, you know, they made money on that. I was happy for him. Uh, and then we come out after halftime and I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep betting Penn, T- Penn State to score. We're just driving down the field with ease. And like we have a couple of like stalls. I'm like, oh, God, this is happening again. So very happy that it didn't happen again. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of solid performances all around. Uh, Theo Johnson didn't get any awards. Hell of a game. Uh, Three catches, 62 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Again, you know, if Brenton leaves next year, you're looking at Tyler Warren, you're looking at Theo Johnson to be the guys. I thought he had a great game. I thought it was really good to see the running backs in the pass game. Uh, Nick had three catches for 30 yards and a touchdown. Uh, That was that fourth down play where uh, we had the the quads on the left and, you know, threw it behind him and let him go. Hated the play call at the time. I always hate when it's like – I, and a lot of people were telling me that. I just I hate when it is fourth and short and we start with a play several yards behind the line. That just scares the shit out of me. Like, I would rather we pound it. Understood. Understood. I just, it scares me. I, I know it may not be logical. I know it may not be right. It just scares me because in my head, I see so many things going wrong. Um, well, but that's, so that, the, that's,
0: that's an option play. And so yeah. you you read that based off what the defense does and the defense left only 3 guys out there with four Penn right. State players. So you take that every day. there's a they have to make an incredible play to stop of course. that. Of course. Um now if they split one guy out wide, what happens is Sean Clifford basically runs that.
1: Yeah, and that, and that's what there was one guy on Twitter telling me that I don't remember his name, sorry, but shout out to him uh saying like we had the numbers, it was the right call. Yeah. I get that. It just in the moment, I hold my breath. It scares me
0: a little. It bit. is scared because I but a, a guy can make you you leave open that possibility
1: where a guy just makes a great play. Yeah. Same but same thing okay. when we, when same thing when you run like a like a crack toss. Like, yeah, I get you're supposed to steal the edge and the guy's gonna walk free, but you're tossing it three yards behind the line just to get another two. Like that scares me. I don't like it. Um, but anyway, like to see them in the passing game. Uh Nick had three for 30 in the touchdown, K-tron had three for 24. Uh, both solid, solid games on the ground. Love to see that. Uh, and then on the defensive side, Abdul Carter continues doing Abdul Carter things. Uh, he is—I th- I think we can say to this point—he is the second coming of Mike Parsons. He's wearing number eleven. He plays like a freak, runs with like a like a chicken with his head cut off, but in a good way. Um, he has seven tack seven tackles, two sacks, uh, and he actually finishes as the team leader in sacks with six and a half. That Pretty is cool. a lot
0: for a freshman linebacker, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you think we have a couple of good edge rushers out there? Like, you know, I think Adisa had four. Chop had three or four. Um, You know, there were there were guys that were close, but for true freshmen playing linebacker, not pass rushing every every down, six and a half is pretty damn nice. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I hope we get to see that in the future, right? Everyone always talks about uh,
0: almost a pick six.
1: Yes. Oh God. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, Nick Tarburton, right? Uh, So
0: (laughs) hold on. In Nick's defense. Yeah. He gave him the opportunity to get that pick six first. Sure, sure. If he, if Nick Tarberg doesn't bat that pass, Adelkar doesn't get that chance to make that. And it, it looked like to me that he was stopping himself from running into him, so he had to put his hands out. Uh, and because he kind of grabbed his arm. Right, right. right. Is what it looked like. That's what, what it looked like, he, like, yeah. If he didn't do that, he was just going to run into him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know? it, it was just funny to see the instant frustration on Oh, Adam's my God, face. yeah. Like, you could see, like, he saw it. The eyes were bright. He's like, I'm yeah. getting this. This is going to be a touchdown. And then immediately, like, Ugh, just angry, <laughs> which I'm sure they had a good laugh about it later on. But in the moment. Uh, oh, he was mad. Yeah, very mad. So that was, that was pretty funny. Um, but, yeah, Abdul finishes as the team leader with six and a half. Yeah. Um, other defensive leaders, uh, Jair Brown finishes as, as the team leader with tackles 66, also the team leader in interceptions with three, uh, and then passes defended or pass breakups or however you want to call it uh, is Kalen King. ESPN listed 15. Uh, multiple people on Twitter told me that's actually 18. Uh, either way, that's insane. That's, that's more than one a game. That's awesome, just awesome. Um, so, yeah, this was a fun game. Um, I don't really have a whole lot else to talk about, uh, it was great to see such open some things up with that trick play. Um, great to see young guys doing what they're doing. And I think we head into bowl season feeling good about this team.
0: Yeah. You know, they, um, for as much as I think the knock on Penn State offensively is consistency. Scored a touchdown in every quarter of this game. Can't hit that. 7-7-7-14. Yeah. Seven, yeah. Seven, seven, you scored a touchdown every quarter and you closed out. Well, I'll take that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a good way to finish the year. Uh a good way to overcome, you know, the demon that has been Michigan State. Um and and like we said, tied top, up the historical you know. series too. Yes, yes, tied up. What is it, 18, 18, and one now? Yep. Um, so we will we will take that lead back next year, uh, when we go to East Lansing, I'm sure. Which will um, not
0: only give us a chance to take the historic lead, but I think we'll give James Franklin a chance to even his series with
1: Michigan State. Ah, nice, nice, which is big when you talk about his his record against Big Ten East rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, one more thing. Sorry, cannot believe I haven't said it in this episode. The Land Grant trophy is ah. coming home. The biggest implication of this game. How have I not talked about this yet? Most beautiful the trophy most in beautiful sports. Beautiful trophy in sports is coming home. That's how you end a season. Um, I cannot wait. I don't know if you saw there's this website that makes like replicas of Big Ten trophies. Um and they have a couple. They have the rights to a couple of them. They have like Paul Bunyan's axe. They have another one. And like in the comments, they were like, which ones do you guys want to see? Every single comment, just Land Grant Trophy. Uh, and they were like, oh, we didn't think there was much interest. We're like, no, there's interest. Oh, like if you, the give most me a, interest. if you can give me a Christmas tree ornament of the Land Grant Trophy, I am buying that. I want it full-sized. Um, I
0: want all 76 pounds <laughs> of it. 76.6.
1: There you go. There you go. Um, all right. We will wrap here. 10 and 2. Number eight in the college football playoff rankings. Um, looking at Rose, Cotton, or Orange, a New Year's Six bowl for sure. You can't help but be happy. Pat, any last words?
0: Thanksgiving dinner, guys. That's that's what the season was. Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah,
1: it's been a fun season though, Pat. Thank you sure. as always for uh, for keeping me keeping me on track in these podcasts. I, I run my mouth a lot. I talk hey, about a lot. We of recorded things.
0: on the night we were supposed to. I yeah. You know, this is progress right there, Chris. This
1: is progress. I, I keep saying it next year is going to be my year. We're going to record like Saturday nights so or Sunday mornings or not. We won't, but <laughs> we will continue bringing this. If you guys continue listening, if you like it, please give us a shout out on Twitter. Tell your friends, give us a review on, on iTunes. That helps a lot. Give us a five-star review helps other people find the show. Uh, and yeah, let us know what you want to hear. Um, We love doing these fun awards for you, the recaps, the previews. If there's other things that you guys want to hear in the show, let us know. Otherwise, we will see you for Bowl Week once we find out which game we're going to. And as always, we are.